is coming up now on Established in the Faith. If God were to choose any one of us to open up your heart, lay it open bare for everyone to look inside and see, I wonder what we would see. neighbor and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me please once again to the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 27. 1 Samuel chapter 27 beginning with the first verse. And David said in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than that I should speedily escape into the land of the Philistines. And Saul shall despair of me to seek me any more in any coast of Israel. So shall I escape out of his hand. And David arose, and he passed over with the six hundred men that were with him unto Achish, the son of Maok, king of Gath. And David dwelt with Achish at Gath, he and his men, every man with his household, even David with his two wives, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess, and Abigail the Carmelitess, Nabal's wife. And it was told Saul that David had fled to Gath, and he sought no more again for him. And David said unto Achish, If I have now found grace in thine eyes, let them give me a place in some town in the country that I may dwell there. For why should thy servant dwell in the royal city with thee? Then Achish gave him Ziklag that day, wherefore Ziklag pertaineth unto the kings of Judah unto this day. And the time that David dwelt in the country of the Philistines was a full year and four months. I want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning. Ziklag, caught in the middle. Ziklag, caught in the middle. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for His leading and guidance today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity that you have given, Lord, for me to stand before these people and to minister your word. Lord, I have no way of knowing what the needs of the people are, but Lord, I know that you do. Steer this message today in the direction that you would have it to go. May needs be met, may questions be answered. Lord, may your people be drawn closer to you. Anoint me today as you anoint your people to hear and to receive of your word. And Lord, we're careful to give you praise and glory. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. This of which I've just read to you today marks 
The lowest point in David's life up to this particular time. When David was in his late teenage years, maybe early 20s, Saul was trying to kill him. And for a few days, maybe a week or so, he went over into the land of the Philistines to Achish at that particular time. And some of the people there recognized him as having killed Goliath and he felt like his life was in danger, and he feigned himself to be insane. And somehow David was able to escape at that particular time and get back into the land of Judah. A short time later, I believe you'll find it in the 22nd chapter of 1 Samuel, where the prophet Gad came to David and told him to stay in Judah. That was God's will, not to go outside of those boundaries anymore, but to stay within the confines of Judah. That was God's will. But now, David has some 600 men that are with him plus their wives and their children. There could have been as many as 1,500, maybe 2,000 people now that are following him. And David makes this decision once again to go over into the land of the Philistines. That was not God's will for David. And David makes this decision right after having experienced another mighty move of God in his life. As Saul set out once again to try to kill him, found out that he was in the hill of Hekelah. And Saul gets 3,000 chosen men of Israel now to go out and try to kill David once again. And that part of the world is hilly. And David has positioned himself in such a way that he can see Saul coming with those 3,000 men. And why David would do this, I don't know unless... Nobody in their right mind would do this unless God were to tell him to do it. He goes at night. Saul is laying in a trench surrounded by 3,000 chosen men of war. And David tiptoes, being very careful not to disturb anybody, to get to Saul. And, and he wasn't doing it to try to cause any harm to Saul. He was doing it just to get his spear and his cruise of water, his water bottle. Nobody in their right mind would even dare do such a thing at night. 3,000 chosen men of Israel, one, one slip 
One trip over a person's hand and it's game over. But David makes his way through all of those soldiers to get to Saul. You're seeing grace there. What all has God had to go through to get to you? David gets this spear and this water bottle. He later wakens all the people and he tells Saul, shows Saul, here's the spear, here's the cruise of water. I could have killed you, but I didn't do it. And here again, we see this thing happening again. Saul repents. But David didn't buy it. He didn't believe it. And David said in his heart, God reveals to us the very heart of a man that was after God's own heart. Let me tell you this. God knows your heart. He knows your thoughts from afar off. And God takes this man, this godly man, this man that God has chosen to lead His people Israel, a man that God has anointed, opens up his heart for everyone to look inside and see what is there. I wonder if God were to choose any one of us here today to open up your heart Lay it open, bare, for everyone to look inside and see. I wonder what we would see. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to know. As a pastor, it's, it's good for me to not know some things. It just makes my job a lot easier. But God knows. Oh, but let me say this too. If God just laid it all out for us to see you today, I guarantee you there are some who would be all up in your grill, all up in your business wanting to see it so they can talk about it and tell other people about it. But there's some things I don't want to know and I don't need to know. I can do a better job serving you as your pastor if I just not know. Just, Brother James, something happened, just pray for me. That's all I need to know. Don't go into none of the details. I don't need to know it. But God knows. He's the only one that needs to know. But David said in his heart, and God reveals this for everybody to see and know a man after God's own heart and David said in his heart if you look there he said I'm going to perish one day by the hand of Saul that's a lie David 
has forgotten the promises of God. He, he forgets that the great prophet Samuel came to him as a little boy and anointed him and said, You're going to be the future king of Israel. He forgets that anointing that come upon him. Shortly after that, he killed a lion, he killed a bear, and then stood before a giant, threw a rock, and hit him right between the eyes, killed him graveyard dead. It wasn't little David that did that. It was the Holy Spirit. It was the anointing of the Holy Spirit that took that stone. And now he says... Saul is going to kill me. I will one day perish by the hand of Saul. Saul, Saul couldn't a bit more kill David than I'm going to the moon. He had 3,000 chosen men of Israel. And David tiptoed through the middle of all of them. The Bible said that God put a deep sleep upon Saul. Saul could have had a nuclear missile and still couldn't have hurt David. Why? Because God said, you are going to be the future king of Israel. And I don't care what demons and devils and hell and Saul or anybody else had to say. It was going to happen exactly as God said it was going to happen. But David loses faith in the promises of God. And he believes a lie. Let me bring it on down to where it's at now. What are you believing? What are you believing as it pertains to this church? Well, the church ain't growing, Brother James. We got the same number of people we had when you got here five years ago. Yeah, that might be true. We buried a lot of them too. So how can you sit there and say the church ain't grown when you've buried a good eight to ten of them since I've been here? We got new people coming in, Brother James, but they ain't staying. It's like dry snow, Brother James. You're up there trying to pack dry snow, trying to make a snowman out of a bunch of dry snow. It won't, it won't stick. Folks are coming, but they ain't staying. We're going down, Brother James. Brother James, the denomination's going down. We look at the numbers, and, and, and the numbers don't look good. Since the 1960s, there's been a decrease in the numbers of people that are attending our original Free Will Baptist churches. It's going down, Brother James. We're going to perish. we got to do something, Brother James. And here's the church... I'm not just talking about friendship here now. I'm talking about in general. The whole church world is going over to the Philistines. Bringing in secular music. They're using psychology. 
And they're using all the other ways and means of the world to try to bring people in. And friend, it will not work. What are you believing? I'm going to tell you what I'm believing. I'm believing what God told me. One Sunday morning, standing right over there, he said, I'm going to restore the youth to this church. He said, and I'm going to fill every pew in this church, including the choir loft, and I still believe it today, despite demons and devils and hell and Saul and Akish and any and everybody else has got to say, you can sit there and say, oh, well, Brother James, I just don't. You can believe whatever you want to believe, but that is not going to affect what I believe God has told me. Stand on the promises of God. God is able to do it in this world of push-button age. Got to have it right now. And cell phones and everything else in the world out here to distract you. We're starting to see a little bit of it now. He said... It'll be better for me over there in the land of the Philistines. There's nothing better for me here. You see, we've got some visitors here today, and there are many of you listening by radio now. There, there are things that are going on in your church that you don't agree with. You don't like it. You don't like the music. You don't like this, you don't like that, and the list goes on and on. Let me, let, let me just point out one thing to you. You said there's nothing for you there. And you may be right in what you're saying, but let me point this out to you. Is the preacher preaching the cross? Because if the preacher ain't preaching the cross, you are exactly 100% correct. You need to pack your bags and go. Find a church somewhere where the preacher is preaching the cross of Christ. And the anointing of the Holy Spirit is there. And you can feel and sense the presence of God. Let me tell you, that's hard to find. You can go to a lot of churches today and the preacher will make you feel good. And you walk out that door lost. Tell you what you want to hear. I go ahead and warn you now, if you come here, I don't care what you want to hear. I'm interested in what thus saith the Lord. And that's what I'm going to give you. I'm really surprised y'all come here every Sunday. Brother Jimmy told me the other day, he said they went here cleaning up and there was handprints in the foam of some of the pews in here. I'm not a confrontational person. I hate confrontation. I don't like having to deal with stupid. I don't. If it's controversial, Dana, I'll tell you, I don't like to deal with it. I run the other way. Ain't I right, honey? Somebody called me up this morning and said, Brother James, we listen to you every Sunday. We really enjoy your preaching. No, you don't enjoy my preaching. My preaching to put you to sleep. I just try to get out of the way and let the Holy Ghost have His way. Because I know when the anointing comes on me, things are said. 
See, I can say something and upset people and run them off, but if the Holy Ghost says it, see, there are times when things need to be said. But if I say it, the flesh will get in the way and people will get offended and they'll... But if the Holy Spirit says it, There's nothing better for me here. As a child of God, God's got nothing but good things for you. I don't care where you're at. David said, I'll be better off over there in the land of the Philistines. No, you won't. He's done been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. He should know better. But now he's going to go and do the very same thing he's done in the past. Now he's got 1,500 to some 2,000 people with him. So not only is he going to get out of the will of God, but everybody that's following him is going to get out of the will of God too. You better be careful the preacher you listen to. Because if, you're all, because if he's off target, guess what? You're going to be off target too. I'll be better off over there with the Philistines. No, you won't. He tells Akish. He says, I'll serve you. Words to that effect. As a child of God, the only one you're supposed to be serving is the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said, Know ye not that to whom you yield your members, servants to obey, his servants you are to obey. If it be the sin nature, then it will be sin. Here David is. God has nothing but good intentions toward David. His plan for David is to be the future king of Israel. And now David has submitted himself to this evil, wicked, ungodly king and says, I'm going to be your servant. I'm going to be your slave. Here's God's will for you. Sin shall not have dominion over you. The sin nature is not to have dominion over the child of God. Does that describe you? If you somehow placed yourself under a kish. He said, I'll serve you. If you'll just give me a place of protection, I'll serve you. Which means now, if called upon to do so, David will have to fight his own people. The very people who God wants to set him up to be the king over one day, David has made a decision now to fight against those people and eliminate them totally and completely if called upon to do so. And Akish gives him ziklag. That was the agreement. I'll give you ziklag if you will 
side with me. Ziklag was just outside the city of Gath, and it was borderline to Judah. Right in the middle, and David finds himself in Ziklag, caught right in the middle for 16 months. I wonder today how many, under the sound of my voice, you're in Ziklag, spiritually speaking, caught in the middle. Jesus said that would be the case of the church in the last days. When he spoke to the church at Laodicea, he said, you're neither hot nor cold, you're lukewarm, you're right in the middle. Let me tell you this, you can't straddle that fence. That fence has got razor wire on it. And when you straddle that fence, don't think you're going to come away not being hurt. But that's where David finds himself in Ziklag, caught in the middle. And I'm going to tell you what happened next week. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.